Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackey here to announce some major exciting changes at 1500 ESPN, beginning right now. For starters, we've got a new name now, Score North, and an expanded menu of Minnesota sports content across multiple platforms. You'll be able to find Score North live and local on AM 1500 between noon and 7 on weekdays, starting with a daily Viking show every day at noon called Purple Daily. Then you can hear Matthew Collar from 2 to 4, Mackie and Jeb with Rami from 4 to 6, and other specialty shows in the 6 o'clock hour. We're also expanding our digital content in a big way over at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R-North.com, where in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local sports podcasts, like Purple Podcasts with Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels and Company, Raised by Wolves, Touch Em All, The Scoop with Doogie, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, Roycey Unchained, The Crafty Rogues, and plenty more. As for social media... Expect a lot of fun and creative stuff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all of them at Score North. That's S-K-O-R North. So give us a follow, Minnesota sports fans. Check out our shows. Give us your input and ideas as well. And tell your friends that Score North is here. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Now on to Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and ESPN's Courtney Cronin. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, a very exciting day here on the AM dial on 1500. Thank you all for tuning in. This is the all-new Score North, no longer 1500 ESPN. This is our new name. This is one of our new shows, one of three, sort of. Uh, I will have my own general sports talk show coming up 2 to 4, and then Mackie and Judd with Rami is 4 to 6. ScoreNorth.com is the new website, and we get to kick off with our new daily Viking show, Purple Daily. So a lot going on here on the station. I, Matthew Collar, very excited to be with you. Courtney Cronin from ESPN and I will be doing this Tuesdays, but Purple Daily will be hosted by a combination, a mix mash of different hosts throughout the week. Myron Metcalf also will be included in our lineup as well, so we're very excited about that. Great to have you in, Courtney, for day one, hour one of Score North. This is a monumental moment in my career, kicking something like this off. I mean, we're going to look back in this 25 years from now and be like, 
We were the first show. We were, yeah. And the very first moments uh, we'll be talking about Gary Kubiak, as, Man, we, as we expected. As I expected. As I, actually, we planned for the whole six months to be talking about Gary Kubiak to start. Uh, I just oh, want to say we will have... Adam Thielen, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver at 12-15. So he's going to come up shortly here. We're going to talk to him about what they need to accomplish this offseason and how he can continue to build chemistry with Kirk Cousins. And then at 1.30, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels, who is my Purple Podcast co-host, along with Courtney as well. We mix co-hosts. Um, and Sage played a lot for Gary Kubiak and has a good relationship with him. So we're going to learn more about uh, what he thinks of Gary Kubiak joining the Viking staff. But let me ask you qu- that question first, Courtney, to start off our Purple Daily Show here on the all-new Score North. You get the first comments Man. on Gary Kubiak joining as an assistant coach and offensive advisor. It's an interesting move. It's a move that absolves Mike Zimmer of having to be as hands-on as he wanted to be, or as he said he wanted to be, with the offense, because you have a veteran voice, a Super Bowl champion coach who's who's been in this situation before, and he brings his Denver Mafia with him. I mean, he's got his son, Clint <laughs> Kubiak, who was here in 2013-14 as the quarterback's coach, Brian Periani, the tight ends coach. As of right now, the offensive line coach is still up in the air, but Rick Dennison would make sense considering he's been part of that Kubiak crew um, in a number of different stops. So it's interesting in the fact that Kevin Stefanski last week, assuming the offensive coordinator role on a full-time basis going forward, what this means for him, I think, is what we're going to be debating all offseason because we won't probably won't hear from Mike Zimmer about this until the combine to find out what Kubiak's actual role is. Senior offensive advisor hyphen slash associate head coach for the offense, something like that. I mean, there are these made up titles that they give coaches in the NFL because you want that voice in there. But I'm curious as to what the power structure is going to look like, the play calling structure, who's going to be making those decisions. Um, that gives us a lot to talk about this offseason because certainly they made this move because they felt like they needed that experience. They needed that veteran leadership to help Kevin Stefanski, an inexperienced play caller himself, um, help this offense turn things around in 2019. So my first thought was the classic too many cooks in yes. the kitchen. And- I- I, I align with that. And and there's the potential for this to turn into a North Turner and Pat Shermer type of situation where when you have too many ideas, too many people, and Kevin Stefanski feeling like there's someone that's way more qualified over his shoulder and someone who has an incredibly great history with offense. I mean, a guy who was John Elway's backup quarterback, then offensive coordinator, and as a head coach, he won the Super Bowl. Gary Kubiak also had the number one offense in the NFL with Matt Schaub as his quarterback as a part of the Houston Texans, and you feel like someone with that type of resume usually is the offensive coordinator and not an assistant to the offense or an advisor to the offense, but I was reminded by someone of Tom Moore. Uh, If you know Tom Moore, Vikings fans might recognize that name, that he was an offensive... Uh, assistant head coach or maybe just assistant head coach uh, for the Vikings in the early 90s, 1990 to 1993. And he bounced around offensive coordinator for different teams, was with the Indianapolis Colts for a while. And his most recent gig was with the Arizona Cardinals from 2013 to 2017 with Bruce Arians as the assistant head coach and offensive consultant. I did not realize that Tom Moore had been an offensive consultant for Bruce Arians in Arizona when they had some really 
good years there, uh, especially the resurgence of Carson Palmer's career in Arizona. And I think if it wasn't the situation that we have, if it wasn't a first-time play caller with someone with such a big name and a big resume, if it was just someone else that we had heard of a lot less that had been around for a long time, we probably wouldn't talk a whole lot about it. It wouldn't be as, I don't want to say it's controversial, but notable and intriguing if it wasn't Gary Kubiak, someone that it looked like was going to be the Broncos offensive coordinator. And it also looked like had other interests around the league as an offensive coordinator. And then he ends up here as an assistant coach. But I think I've dialed back the heat a little bit on that too many cooks in the kitchen take after seeing that some other teams have guys in similar positions that we just don't really know or think about very often. Well, I'm sitting in Judd's chair, so I feel like I should turn the heat up <laughs> yes, on my yes. takes. I mean, this is a new this is a new position for me, but um, I, I, I'm not going to back off on the too many cooks thing just yet. I mean, we've seen the father-son combo. It seems like something Mike Zimmer's liked uh, in the past, not necessarily something that's worked out here in Minnesota in the Zimmer tenure, but, you know, when we heard Gary Kubiak's name come up for this type, for this job, and he was supposed to be in Jacksonville today to interview for their vacancy at OC, obviously that's not happening. But the buzz that you started to hear is like, okay, package deal. Clint Kubiak's going to come on as quarterback's coach, and he wants to bring his guys with him. It almost seems like he's bringing his philosophy. I mean, granted, yes, this is all in the very premature stages. We don't exactly know what his role's going to be, but... I just have a hard time believing that you have somebody with this much experience, what, 35-ish years, somewhere in the league, and you know one of the most instinctive play callers uh, throughout his tenure. I mean, that's what he's known for. I have a hard time believing that he's going to be coming into this job without some sort of say as to what his role will be more than just, I'm advising the offense from the booth. What I would really like to know, and I don't know that we'll get a straight answer on this, was... Whose decision was this? Mm -hmm. Was it Kevin Stefanski saying, hey, if we have a chance to bring Kubiak in, and you don't know who knows each other, right? Like Clint Kubiak was on the staff, so he and Stefanski would know each other. So how well does he know Gary Kubiak? And if he said, I know Gary Kubiak really well, and we're on the same page offensive uh, philosophy-wise, especially Kubiak's history running the, the zone schemes, which we talked about a lot last year that they should have been doing more often, Maybe he wants to pick his brain on that type of thing. And then he says, and then Mike Zimmer says, okay, great idea. Let's try to do it. Or is it Mike Zimmer saying, I don't really want to have anything to do with the offense. And I'm kind of nervous about a first year play caller. And I really need more help around my quarterback that I don't trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like how this came about, I'll be interested to find out what the story was in the background, because I think it makes a little bit of a difference for how we view it. I, well, I think what you said, the latter portion there of Mike Zimmer being able to now focus on the defense because he said he felt he had to get involved in the offense. And really how much that was at the end of the season after the firing of John Filippo, and even before then, we don't really know. And I mean, yes, he sat in on meetings, he gave his input, but his input was simply run the ball more. I think that now that he has a guy like Gary Kubiak and somebody who has an impressive resume as a head coach, that he can trust this going forward knowing, okay, I'm in a position where I can kind of absolve myself some of that responsibility. Go ha- go handle Kevin and go handle the offense. I'm going to take care of my bread and butter of this team, which is the defense. So that to me seems like it would make completely logical sense as to why he's here right now. But you could also see it in the same vein that Stefanski could be very cerebral about this and say, hey, look, 
I need some support on staff. There are pieces that are going right now. Um, there are contracts that are up. I want to have that veteran voice. Who's my voice going to be? And maybe it is a guy like Gary Kubiak. Maybe it is Clint. Maybe their relationship that they formed when, when Clint was here from 2013 to 14 is strong enough that he knew what he was getting into by bringing Gary Kubiak on staff and bringing those other pieces from Denver, that that's the identity he wants to form within this offense. I love looking up former journeyman quarterbacks Wikipedias because there's always something that is wonderful in them. And with Gary Kubiak, it has in his Wikipedia, his nickname in high school. He was apparently a multiple sports star, football, basketball, baseball, and track Kubiak was. And his nickname you got a guess on Gary Kubiak's high school nickname? It's in his Wikipedia, gonna, so it I'm must be important. Maybe Coobs? Big Coobs? Yes, Coob. Oh, That's the, one of the I worst mean, nickames I've ever heard. I mean, it's a play on his last name, though. I thought you were going to go with something wild. Well, yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, the, Coob, the, the yeah, Punisher or something. Yeah, right? something yeah, awful that like been, that. That would have been great. So, but, so when we get to finally talk to him, you're going to be like, yo, Coobs. Well, That's I mean, how you're going to introduce this yourself. This would be like... <laughs> Hey, uh, we well, why is this in his wiki? Is what I want to know. Why is this in Wikipedia? It, like, it must they be called important. Courtney Court. Like, okay, I'm sure they did. Anyway, they called Matthew Matt. They called Matthew Matt. Wow, what a what a what a change. Although, um, our friend Lindsey Brown, who works as a producer and does a hockey podcast, she calls me "Call Me Maybe." Thanks, Lindsey. It's a nice play on words. So, uh, and anyway, with that, Ols. When he uh, when we bring him on you next, you can ask him about that. Our, our first ever, yeah, I guess we'll have to ask him what his nickname is. Our first ever guest on the Purple Daily Show here on the All New Score North on fifteen hundred will be Adam Thielen when we come back. So keep it here. Hot takes North Cool ScoreNorth.com. Second down and four. A little shoulder fake. Here's Thielen wide open. Thielen touchdown. Minnesota. Here's Thielen. Goodbye. Touchdown. No flags. And the Vikings keeping pace. How about the day for Adam Thielen? All right. The first ever guest on the Purple Daily Show. Our new launch today from the all new Score North on 1500. That is what we're called now. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin. You can listen in, stream at scorenorth.com or check out all the articles that uh, Judd and I and others have written there on the Minnesota Vikings and more. And joining us, the first guest, Adam Thielen, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Adam, what's going on? Jeez, you guys are big time now. Own shows. This is this is quite the deal. I know. We did all these great stories on this wide receiver from Mankato and how he made it. <laughs> and uh, the long features. It was great. <laughs> that's what you gotta do nowadays, huh? To get a, get a little better gig. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Adam, I, I have an important question for you to start with. Gary Kubiak, his nickname in high school was Koob. A, could you find a worse nickname for anyone? And B, do you have a nickname that we don't know about? I don't know. I think uh, I like Koob. That's a. I think that's a good. That's a good nickname. And uh, you know, well, you know, I can go back to high school days. My nickname they used to call me T Money. Um, and now they just call me T, so like, it must not be money anymore. Okay, so every time, maybe every time you guys run like outside zone, the crowd can go Coobs. Like, exactly. His contribution. <laughs> or, or like play action pass, I think that's kind of <laughs> So, hey, so that could be good. Answer me, answer me this, uh, Adam. 
Tell me why the play-action passes work so well for Kirk Cousins, because I know that this is something that Mike Zimmer has talked about a lot, and when it comes to Gary Kubiak, the zone running, the play-action, all those things, that's, I would assume, one of the reasons that he's here is because his offenses have had so much success with that stuff throughout the years. Well, I think, I think it, you know, there's a lot of things that, that go into that. I mean, having success in the play-action, obviously you have to have a good running back and a good running game. And uh, when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook and, and uh, you know his his ability to make big plays, um, that's what makes it um, you know that that believable, that play action pass believable, and it lets us as receivers um, get downfield and, and get one on one coverage because the backers are sucked up and uh, they they can't drop into coverage as much. So um, it's good all around as long as you're running the ball well and as long as you're um, patient and, and sticking to the run as well. Adam, we've talked a lot the last 24 hours about Gary Kubiak and the pieces he's brought with him from Denver here, but last week Kevin Stefanski named offensive coordinator on the full-time basis, now returning after three games as a play caller. First off, what was your reaction in just in terms of what you were talking about when we talked to you after the Bears game about maintaining some of that continuity in the offense? And what did you learn about Kevin as a play caller in kind of a limited sample size? Well, if, number one, I'm I'm super excited about um, you know really what Coach Zimmer and this uh, you know this this management team has has done um, for our offense. You know, bringing in these guys, you know, hiring Coach Stefanski as the as the offense coordinator. I think um, you know things things are going in the right direction. Obviously, it's the off season and we have a long ways to go until next year. But um, in my opinion, I think things are moving in the right direction, and we as players have full trust in, in our, our coaches to, to make those decisions and, and to get the right guys in here uh, to lead us. So, um, yeah, like I said, number one, really excited to, to work with these guys and, and uh, really excited to see what Coach Stefanski does um, and, and what kind of offense he implements. Obviously, when you take over a, an offense with three games left to go in the season, uh, you can't do a whole lot uh, to it to make your own. So um, I thought he did a phenomenal job of, of doing the best he could um, you know, keeping us as players relaxed and, and confident and uh, letting us play our game. So, uh, like I said, just really excited uh, to see what the future holds for this offense. Adam, would you rather be involved or not involved when it comes to an offense and a game plan? Because I know that you and Stefan talked a lot about how Pat Shermer had sort of a democratic process more than maybe other coaches, and he kept everyone involved, and, and they had a say – I know that you're you're a bright player and you know the game really well. Would you rather have your offensive coordinator come to you and say, "Hey, what do you think of the about this route combination or this play or that play?" Or would you rather just do your job? I'd rather just do my job. Obviously, um, I, I I do tend to uh, give my input on certain things, um, but at the same time, I I don't know enough about the uh, you know the offensive um, systems and things like that to, to to help with the game plan. You know, I I just need to make sure I focus on. Uh, my individual job and, and do that to the best of my ability. Uh, this league is hard enough to to win on a consistent you know basis that uh, you have a lot to work to work on and to focus on yourself. But uh, but yeah, I think it's always great to have um, good communication between your players and your quarterback and your offensive coordinator uh, to say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think we can do to exploit to exploit them, and then let them you know take it for how they want to, and and maybe they'll. Uh, They'll do some things to, to get that play in. Now that you have had a little bit of time to decompress from the season, maybe look back at some of the things that went well, some of the things that didn't, when we talk about 
the chemistry between a quarterback and his wide receivers and in a first-year quarterback that you've gotten to work with in Kirk, did, do you think that maybe we overestimated just how long that, that process really takes? Is that Because that's something that we talked about all last season from the time that you guys went down to Atlanta to working at it through OTAs, minicamp, training camp, and throughout the season. I guess where does that chemistry stand now, and how do you continue to build upon that in what seems like it could be quite a long process? Yeah, I don't think people understand how long it takes um, to get on the same pages with receiver, quarterback, uh, offensive coordinator. Um, there's just so many things that lead into you know having confidence, um, being on the same page. There's always different situations that come up in different games um, that you have to talk about and adjust, and and then it's kind of in the memory bank. So I think uh, one of the most encouraging things, and Diggs and I talked about it after the season was over, is that hey, we get to go into this off season and we get to kind of use what we learned from last season, and we get to apply it and, and really take advantage of um, this offseason with OTAs and uh, training camp and, and mini camp and all those things. We get to take advantage of those opportunities to, to really improve on where we're at. You know, I think it was a um, consistent, you know, we consistently grew um, as a group um, getting on the same page, and, and now we have to make sure that we take that and continue to build and, and, and probably um, build at a faster pace now that he's been here for a while and um, I think with, you know, Coach Fancy being here, too, and, and implementing his offense, I think we can grow a little faster and, and uh, hopefully take that next step. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Adam Thielen joining us on the all-new Score North here on 1500, our first day, our first guest. Uh, Adam, I, uh, my wife and I took her great aunt to the Minnesota History Museum, and we were talking uh, as we were, like, having lunch there. And she said, did you see the Vikings game where the receiver and quarterback yelled at each other? And I said, yes, I did see that. And uh, so my great aunt-in-law wants to know that everything is okay with uh, with you and Kirk. I- I'm kidding about that. But did you hear from all of Detroit Lakes after that happened? I've, I've heard it uh, every day since the season is over. <laughs> everyone you can imagine. So every time I go somewhere, it's like, hey, what, what was the deal with that? <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is, is, is people just, you know, as, as fans, um, they just don't understand how much we put into this game, how much, um, you know, how much effort and, and, and what we're doing right now this offseason uh, to, to really, you know, play for those games that we were able to play in, you know, towards the end of the season last year. And uh, when, when, you, when you put all those into perspective and you, you think about how much work you put into it, how much time you put into it, how much energy, how much sacrifice you've, um, you know, kind of put out there, um, you know, that's when those emotions kind of come out. And that's why they come out. And I think it's a good thing, you know. Honestly, uh, you know, it might not have looked good on TV or whatever, but it was actually a great conversation, and we actually learned from it, and and actually uh, did some good things come out in that second half and go down and score. So, um, you know, obviously it looks bad, and, and you have to be able to learn how to handle your emotions. But uh, like I said, I, I just don't think people understand uh, what goes into it and why we're emotional on the field. Okay, so I can tell my great aunt that it's all right. You can tell me that we, 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 we'll be all right. Adam, the last time we talked to you was that day after the Bears game. You were, weren't were sure about the Pro Bowl at that time. Where do you stand on that? Are you going down to Florida next week? Yeah. We just had our second-born son, so uh, he's doing good, and, and Mom is doing good. So it sounds like we're taking the family down there, and um, you know, I'm excited to be able to and be able to uh, you know get into that again, which which will be really fun, and, and just be able to hang out and uh, spend some with time with some, some guys around the league that I have a lot of respect for, and 
uh, you know, it's always good to be around your peers. What's the best part of that weekend? And for for a guy like you, for wide receivers, I mean, are you guys like talking technique? I mean, I know it's a kind of a, it, it's football, but it's a chance for you to kick back a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, I'm sure guys are always competitive, taking things seriously. But for you, I mean, what, what do you go into that weekend looking for? Well, I think I, I learned a lot last year just about, um, you know, how, why these guys are at this game. So you go to this, these, these practices, you expect these superstars, these big-name guys to, um, you know, maybe be just kind of complacent or, um, you know, well, I've already made it. I've been doing this for a long time. It is what it is. But then you see these guys that are taking the walkthroughs super serious. You know, a guy like Drew Brees is going through all his reads, his progression, trying to, um, you know, get on, on page with some of the receivers and, and the other quarterbacks that are there trying to get on the same page with the receivers. like, that's why these guys are where they're at, because they continually are trying to get better. They're continually trying to work um, to, to help their team win and, and help help them uh, you know, get better individually. So it, it was really cool learning experience, and, and hopefully I can just take advantage of, of my time down there again this year and, um, and be able to uh, spend some time with, with the family, which is always great. So, Adam, you mentioned that you had your second child, so congratulations to you and the wife. Now you're like a, now you're like a grown-up. You got, like, the, the two kids. You got a fence, I would assume, at the house, right? Picket style, probably. <laughs> you, you got a full-time job. Um, I guess, how, how has it uh, changed you now to, to be a parent, now a multiple parent? Yeah, it, it definitely has changed me. Um, you know, it, it just makes you realize how important the little things are in life. Um, and obviously I, I, I care a ton about my job and, and put uh, a lot into it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, my family is everything to me. And, and uh, the, the support I've received from them is, is really the reason why I'm where I'm at and why I'm able to do what I do. I mean, my wife is unbelievable. Uh, the, the sacrifices she makes, uh, you know, the, the time that she puts as a full-time mother and, and you know, still be able to uh, you know, really care for my needs in the season when I don't have any energy and, uh, pretty tired and beat up. It, it's really amazing, and, and people don't see that. They don't see the things uh, behind the scenes of, of what goes into you know helping us as players do what we do on the field. Obviously, you, you do the things at practice, but uh, at home is is so crucial to your success. And um, you know, she's obviously a huge part of that. And then just you know, seeing my son now, he's almost two and a half. Uh, seeing him run around and understand things, and and, and miss going to games now that we're done. Um, it, it's it's just a really cool feeling to to, to have him in that stage, and, and uh, I'm very fortunate and blessed to, uh, to to be able to have that and um, to have that pushing me. All right, T Money. Well, thank you for uh, coming on. Can I call you T Money now? Is that good? We good with that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's... I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, thank you for coming on. I think you've taken your first step toward winning your second Media Good Guy Award by doing this. Um, I, I think it was a plea for votes for next year already from you, and uh, we see right through you from that. But thank you for uh, for taking taking the time and being our first ever guest here on the uh, Purple Daily Show. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little frustrated still with, with losing that uh, trophy. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing my best. I'm going to try to be a little nicer uh, to, to Thomason and some other guys. So, uh, I'll, I'll, try, I'll, I'll be working on that this offseason. I'm, I'm not going to make a further comment about that. Um, I'll just leave it right there. So, uh, Adam, no, really appreciate the time, uh, Adam, and we will see you soon. All right, take care, guys. Thanks, Adam. Adam Thielen, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, joining us there on the first ever Purple Daily Show on the all-new Score North on 1500, our first day. Well, I mean, I think that he, let's let's dial this back a second. 
Our first guest on Purple Live back in December, November was Anthony Harris. Yes. Anthony Harris got a trophy. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Thielen deserves a trophy for this. No? He's going to get a new contract this offseason. He'll be all right. <laughs> Uh, well, we appreciate him. and yeah. um, It's good stuff. Uh, Minnesota Vikings PR for helping us set that up to kick us off on the right note. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. If you missed any of that interview with Adam Thielen, it will be online at scorenorth.com. That is our new website, S-K-O-R, north.com. You can find any of these shows, Purple Daily, uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Matthew Collar, uh, uh, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. That's going to be from 2 to 4 today as well. It's weird, like, introducing my own show with my name. I'll have to work on it. You want that. me just to handle that one from now on? Yeah, could you? Sure. Um, and also, if you have a computer or a phone or walk by any type of screen, you can also access us. You Twitter, Facebook, us. This is YouTube. Nice. What are we on? What are we on? YouTube, Facebook, everything? Yeah. MySpace, Streaming. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, MySpace so, doesn't exist unless you're Bill Belichick. If you, <laughs> so if you have any type of internet connection, you can reach us. Um, scorenorth.com to check out any of that Adam Thielen interview. It will be up there shortly, and we will come back. And I, Courtney, have put together some bold plans for the Minnesota Vikings. Seven bold ideas for the offense, and I need you to tell me which ones I'm crazy and which ones maybe have some merit. We will talk about that when we come back. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin on the all-new Score North on 1500. Sports talk that leans north. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. All right, back here on the Purple Daily Show. Matthew Collar along with ESPN Vikings reporter Courtney Cronin on the all-new Score North on 1500. If you're just tuning in or getting in your car for lunch or whatever it might be, this is our station now. We are now Score North on 1500. We are no longer 1500 ESPN. Uh, If you type in 1500ESPN.com, it will take you to our new website, which is score, S-K-O-R, north.com. And uh, Courtney and I will be here for two hours on every Tuesday. During the off-season. During the off-season. Up until the draft. And then, I don't know after that, but we'll definitely be here on Tuesday. From 12 to 2. From 12 to 2. So it's all oh, the two it's hours. A, yeah, yes, it's the yes, two yes, hours. Yes. So it's appointment radio. Right. Essentially. Um, but we'll, we're going to do this every day, 364 days a year. I think maybe so Christmas. So no Christmas. What about Thanksgiving? Uh, I think we're on an MLK day. Heck yeah. So MLK day is a Monday, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, purple, not us, well, but I mean Daily. Purple Daily, sure. right. So, But it'll be rotating hosts, but you and I will be here every Tuesday for everyone to tune in. So it's taking the Purple Podcast, which once was you and I in a cafeteria at Winter Park. Or next to a bank that we used to get yelled at for <laughs> recording. Not we. You. I got yelled at for being on Sports Center in next to the bank. So you, you were inside the building... It was it, and was it was windy out. Very windy. And it was ten degrees outside. This was week this is week thirteen of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. And so you set up a camera and then someone The building manager. Building manager told you to stop that. Well, I'm about to go live. It was a morning sports center hit and I was next to the Christmas tree. I wasn't bothering anybody. It's not like I'm standing blocking entrance to the bank. You can still go inside. Uh, but apparently I was being a distraction. So well, you're these very passive aggressive, please under, underline no filming yes, in the Olympic place lobby. That was the favorite part of my, uh, that was my favorite part of the story was that 
they said something to you once, but then also had to include a note. So yes. like they couldn't just say something. They had to be like full Minnesotan and also Very. leave a note. So Very don't ever do so. that again. But that's where this started. The Purple Podcast with us. Uh, mm-hmm. It was around before that. And then we were on the Purple Live show, which was six to seven every Tuesday. No, yeah. six to five to eight, whatever it was. Six to seven because we were on with Judd beforehand. That's right. And the football so hour. Now and Mackie he, and Judd. Now here it is. Okay. So we've got all that sorted out. Did you catch all that? Um, I wrote down on our website, scorenorth.com, if I haven't brought that up yet, uh, seven bold ideas for the Vikings for this offseason, Courtney. And I want you to, we, we don't have like a bold-o-meter, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to run through them and you can just tell me if you think, I'll tell you what it is and why, and then you can tell me if it's... Super bold, kind of bold, or crazy bold, or red hot, flaming bold, or whatever you want to use for your metric. Um, the first idea is to tag and trade Anthony Barr. It would cost the Vikings a lot of money, somewhere around $13, $14 million to franchise tag Anthony Barr to keep him. It does not appear that they are going to be able to sign him to a long-term extension. That would have happened by now, I think. And he has value. He is a multiple-time pro bowler that is looked at as a a very good edge rusher if he needs to be. I think he wants to be somewhere where he's rushing the passer more often. He said on multiple occasions, I'm better running forward than backward. So it's sort of (laughs) making it very clear what he wants to be in this defense. And considering where the Vikings are with their cap situation in a tough spot, I think that there would be value for Anthony Barr on the trade market if... They wanted to take that option. I think you were the one who said that he actually has a sign on his forehead that says, I am a 3-4 outside <laughs> linebacker yes. who rushes the passer. Yes. Um, I don't, I mean, I guess, I'm trying to think of my meter, my meter of hot takes. Just make up whatever you um, want. I don't think it's that hot of a take. I think it's plausible. It's called bold predictions. Bold predictions, so. excuse me. I don't think, I mean, is it bold? Sure, because they're up against the cap, and if they do a move like this, it probably means something else is happening where a guy like Sheldon Richardson doesn't necessarily come back or you're, you're making moves elsewhere. I mean, they, they have options to create cap flexibility in 2019 because they're, they're, they don't have a lot of space right now. But I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility that we see something like this happen because the only way for Anthony Barr to stay here is via the franchise tag. And I just, I mean, I don't think he wants something like that. He, you know, if he wanted to take a team friendly deal, which would have been about $10 million, he would have done that in the off season. And that didn't happen. When they had to use his fifth year option. I mean, teams usually do. So you've got his fifth year option that sets the bar at 12 million. You know, he's going to want to go higher than that after that he wouldn't be taking a deal like Eric Kendricks five years for 50 million. He's going to be wanting to be at more than 12. And if you want to be at more than 12, you usually have to rack up like seven to 10 sacks a year. And that's just not what he does. Even though he's successful when he blitzes and rushes, uh, he's not an edge rusher. And those are the guys that are making the money now and not linebackers, unless you are an elite cover linebacker, which he isn't really that either. So when it comes to what to do with him, I understand where Mike Zimmer likes him a lot and thinks he's smart and versatile and all those things. But I could also see it's just not being worth that type of money when you can find another linebacker who does what he does on the free agent market. Let me give you my next one. Okay. Trade the first round pick 18th overall for an offensive weapon 
and I'm going to include guard as a weapon or tackle as a weapon. I don't like that because you have been on the bandwagon of they don't need an offensive lineman. 18 okay, is... Okay, that's res- not what I said. Let me, that's not let what me I said. finish. Let me finish. You, okay. you have been on the bandwagon of wanting to forget the offensive line argument as a top, 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 top priority. Not say, saying that like one player coming in is not going to fix what they're dealing with right now and that you wanted them to get another wide receiver, get an F tight end, or get another piece. Okay, let me represent the argument more clearly, okay. which is oftentimes when teams go crazy trying to find an offensive lineman and they spend like nuts, they end up disappointed. And a, a couple examples that people will remember, Nate Solder last year goes to the Giants. Did he change their offensive line? Not a bit. Justin Pugh signed a huge deal with Arizona, didn't change their offensive line at all. And when you look at some of the pro football focus grades, Tom Compton graded out as well as some of the higher paid free agents, and they paid Tom Compton $800,000. I'm not saying bring him back. I'm saying that if you're going to allocate where your money goes to, as much as everyone wants to fix the offensive line, and clearly they need help there, um, you are setting yourself up for being disappointed when you spend a ton of money on an offensive lineman. A lot of the time. That's not all the time. But Alex Boone is a great example there. Mike Remmers was the most overpaid right guard in the NFL because he signed a tackle contract sure. and then had to be moved after one year. So that's that's that argument. But I, trading the first-round pick for a player who is established and good is the bold idea. And the reasoning is just you're trying to win right now with Kirk Cousins. And hit or miss on 18th overall pick. But if you get someone who's established, you can pretty much guarantee what you're getting. I think it's very bold. This is definitely... If there like were, a hot bold? Yeah. Definitely a spicy bold. Spicy bold. Spicy okay. bold. Gotcha. Um, I think that just with what's out there right now, you'd be probably giving up you know, first-round pick and potentially more for someone who could really come in and change... I mean, I'm talking offensive line. If you're talking offensive weapon, I'm not going the wide receiver, tight end, any of that combination. I'm looking at offensive line here because I think regardless, your first move you have to make in the draft or whether it comes via a trade is solidifying the offensive line. I think it's a spicy bold just because of the the trading nature. And yes, Rick Spielman does like to make most of his moves in the draft. I just don't know what you'd be getting back in return would really, really fix it. The offensive line, which is why I think at 18, you could get somebody who could be a franchise guard in to solidify the interior. As we know right now, the interior is what needs the most work. Mm -hmm. They could be without five pieces. If you consider maybe they say goodbye to Tom Compton, maybe they say goodbye to Mike Remmers. And then, you know, beyond that, Danny Isadora, uh, Rashad Hill. I know I'm forgetting someone. Aviant, Aviant Collins. Collins. I mean, there's there's a lot of other pieces that they can move on from, but it's replacing those pieces. Do you really get that much better? I think getting somebody in at 18, I mean, we're going to start breaking down draft picks soon. It's probably what they do with that pick. Unless they want to, right now, I mean, I think most people are, there are a lot of drafts out there, draft projections out there that are saying they take a three technique which either, A, foreshadows that Sheldon Richardson is gone, and B, foreshadows this town exploding if that happens. Okay, there's there's more we have to get to with these bold takes. I would love to hear some on Twitter at the 1500 uh, account. What are, What's our Twitter now? At Score North. Okay, score at North. Score North. <laughs> or just tweet it at both It's quite us. simple, Matthew. Oh, yeah, how about that? At S-K-O-R North like the candy is, uh, is the the team account, but mine is at Matthew Collar. You're at Courtney Cronin. R. Um, Cronin. Carton. 
Sorry. You're going to uh, be tweeting it at somebody who's going to be like getting all these Vikings hot takes. Find out. Spicy find takes. Out. Is there another Courtney Cronin? Let's find out. There's a bodybuilder. I, I I don't know if she has a Twitter account, but I know that if you type in my name on Google. No. If you if you type in your name under people, you are the only one to come up. Okay. There's another one. Is that like a Jay Cutler type situation, Courtney? Yes. Where Jay the, Cutler is the, a bodybuilder. Jay Cutler bi- <laughs> bodybuilder. And, okay. Yeah. I'm getting four Courtney Cronins. One appears to be in high school. I don't see a bodybuilder here. She's, well, you couldn't mistake this. There's one on if you go and Google in the oh, image okay. search. Now here's another there. one. Associate Director of College Counseling and a lacrosse coach, Courtney Cronin. I love I Lax. state that's in. I love Lax. <sighs> okay. All right. So there are more Courtney Cronins. I'm sorry about that. Courtney R. Cronins. Thank capital you. R. Uh, If you want to give us a call with your bold ideas for the Minnesota Vikings, 651-646-8255. Sage Rosenfels will join us at 1.30. He played for Gary Kubiak, so he is going to give us insight on uh, what Gary Kubiak's role might be and what he can bring to the Vikings. It is day one here of the all-new Score North on 1500. And uh, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin, Courtney R. Cronin, sorry, uh, will be back in a minute. All right, back here on Purple Daily. We will be on until 2 o'clock, and then it's me again. Um, and from 2 to 4, I'm, I'm never going to figure out how I should like present that to people. Like, we're on from 2 until 2, and then Scored I'm North on until live 2. Scored with Matthew oh, yes, Collar thank from you. 2 to 4. That's actually my job. I'm Sorry. supposed to... Yeah, like, I should have left that up to you. You need to like give me a cue to be like, all right, coming up from 2 to 4, and then it's then I come in with Score North, with Matthew, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. See, I'm still learning. Yeah, we're all getting it right. It's the all-new Score North on 1500, no longer 1500 ESPN. We are Score North now, and it's scorenorth.com is the website. And people are asking on Twitter where you can get the interview with Adam Thielen, where you can get the show. Uh, All the shows are going to be up on scorenorth.com, plus if you have a podcast app, the Purple Podcast and all the Purple Daily shows. So the Purple Podcast is not going away either. And all the uh, daily shows will be there on the Purple Podcast feed. So if you're already subscribed, there you go. And hopefully I've answered all the questions. So what we've been doing is going through some bold ideas for the Minnesota Vikings for the offseason. So we've got a couple more minutes before uh, the top of the hour here. And I want to get into offense winning championships this year and so forth with you, Courtney. But some of the other bold ideas that I had were one of them is doubling down on defense. So the Vikings did not have a great offense this year, and it's hard to see them getting in the range of Patrick Mahomes' 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. It's hard to see them getting in the range of Tom Brady or Drew Brees with the quarterback that they have. So maybe the answer is to go even further into defense and try to win like the Chicago Bears were able to win this year in the regular season to win the division Try to get a chance to play at home with the best defense in the NFL next year. Give that a shot because it's very hard to see them adding so much more to this. And it's hard to see Gary Kubiak having such a massive impact that they go from 20th to 3rd. Maybe they go from 20th to 10th and that would be great, but that... If you look at the teams in it, doesn't do enough for you if you're going to be an offensive team. So there's all these free agents. There's Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew. Dominican Sue, J- Jadavion Clowney. Like, if you went all in on one of the superstar free agents that are out there, your your defense, I think, is number one in the NFL next year. What do you think? I th- Super bold? 
No, because I think it's realistic. Because, But I do, to your point, look at where they were offensively in 2017. Why do we act like it's so hard for them to get back there? Simply because of Kirk? I mean, that's an argument you can make, but I also think that... To, to think about, you know, with play calling and scheme, and we really don't have any sort of gauge for where Kevin Stefanski can take this offense unless we're thinking, okay, he's going to pull on Shermer concepts. It's going to go back to where it was in 2017. Can they do it? I think they can. I mean, the offensive line was a mishmash then, too, and they got a lot out of it. It was more athletic, but they got a lot out of it. So to say that they can't ever get to where they need to be, like to where this is an offensive-minded team, I think goes just to the mentality aspect of who your head coach is. It will never be that here in Minnesota as long as Mike Zimmer's the head coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. That's the bread and butter. That's how he wants to win games. And if he's going to continue to harp on being balanced when this is a passing league and Kevin Stefanski's up at his press conference last week talking about the exact same thing, I still think that that foreshadows that this is still a defensive-minded team. So to double down on defense to go after another big free name, big, uh, big name free agent, wouldn't surprise me. It will be costly though, so I don't know if they can financially do it. But for the idea of it alone, I don't think is very bold. This team, so not that bold. Okay, I thought I was being very bold and, and almost to the level of being irritating to Vikings fans to say sign more defensive players because when you see the top four teams in the NFL in scoring end up as the final four teams, and then someone says, why not double down on defense? It makes you sound kind of like a nut. Well, but but, that, I, but you're, you're echoing what the head coach would probably say. Well, and, and I do think there's an argument to say that the only way this team can compete with those teams is to stop them. Because offensively, I think 2017 is a great example. Even if everything goes right on offense, they're ninth or 12th or something in scoring. Probably not one, two, three, or four. So you better be crazy good on the other side of the ball, which if you added Jadavion Clowney to this team, they would be crazy good on that side of the ball. But as you mentioned, it would be very costly. Um, I've got one more for you on the other side of the break that will sort of transition into what we're talking about because it's about upgrading the offense, short or long term. A couple more bold ideas. If you've got your own bold ideas for the Vikings offense, 651 646 8255. One that came in was signing Cordero Patterson. That's like that's like mild bold, right? It's like a little bold. It's a fun one. Bringing back Patterson, but since Mike Zimmer said that he they thought did, he wasn't they, used right. That's right. They misused them then it's it's not, it's not a bad idea. Having a gadget role player, I think, would have helped this offense uh, this year. So 651-646-8255 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It is the all-new Score North here on 1500. You are listening to Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin. Constant coverage on your phone, your computer, your smart speakers, your radio. You hear that? Feast your ears. Scorenorth.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.